Hey, you listener, thank you for tuning in into the Unmachine Yourself podcast. So last night was a tough night with my baby, so I got up really early. Um, let's say we had pancakes before 6 a.m. And I was feeling very, very tired. And by the way, when I say baby, I'm not referring to my love, my partner, but an actual baby, my daughter. Uh, she's 11 months and she's wonderful and she's keeping me up. And so this morning, I was kind of hesitant to go into recording day because it seemed a lot of work and I wasn't really feeling sharp. But then came Patrick van der Voorn, who is a change manager. And I mean, that's his profession. Did you know that that was an actual job? I think it's really nice to list on your CV that you're a change manager. And the poor guy was really, really sick, but he came nevertheless because he looked forward to a conversation and he didn't want to disappoint me probably. I mean, that's enough reason to crick up the energy, right? And that worked because we had a lot to talk about. He says interesting things like we should slow down more and to be human means to be humiliated. Huh, that triggered me. And I hope you will like what he has to say on, for example, how he worked in a hotel, like a really chic five-star hotel, before he got into the whole change-making business. But then he saw a fire and he had to come down from the 24th floor with all of his guests and staff. And that taught him a lot. And he has a beautiful story about that. He also has something really interesting to say on why future leaders not only need to slow down, but also fall down a lot and how he makes them experience that falling down and what that does. Much more to say, but I'm just gonna leave you to it. Together with Patrick, he's sick, I'm super tired, but nevertheless, hopefully, an energetic conversation. Talk soon, bye, have fun. Patrick van der Voorn operates on the cutting edge of leadership, learning and continuous improvement. As an experienced people and change manager, he's driven by his personal motto, give direction, lead the way. He works with international, multidisciplinary teams, multiple stakeholders on all levels. With the overall business goals and strategy in mind, he challenges the status quo by enabling and supporting teams to manage transformations successfully. His past experience is pretty impressive in manufacturing, you have to explain that, healthcare, business services, pharma, banking, government, and IT. He also speaks several languages for, I have Googled and found, and um, has lived and worked in the USA, the MAA, and Asia region. So first as an operational manager in the international five-star hotelery, as an independent consultant and management trainer in lean leadership and learning, and since 2017 as principal consultant organizational driven change. He carries a bachelor and a master degrees. We're drinking <laughs> coffee. It's 9.15. Yeah. Wow, what a morning. Welcome. Good morning. Good yeah. morning. And uh, you're sick and you still came. Yes, because... That's who I am. Yeah, you told me you never ring in sick, right? You never cancel your work. No, you just take an occasional nap. Then in between, you say, I'm in between calls. Or you take a nap, or you take a walk, or you just go outside. Yeah. yeah. But I'm actually almost never sick. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, today we're also going to talk about one of the articles you wrote, um, and I found you because of this article, mm-hmm. and that was on slowing down. So now you will have to be in that very uncomfortable confrontational position of you don't really slow down, but then you say we should slow down. But that's talk. That's for later. First question first. What did you want to be when you grew up? Because I just had a list of things that you became. Yeah, I knew you were going to ask this question. Yeah, of course, uh, I wanted to be Ursula von der Leyen. Uh, not, not, not her, but uh, maybe Jacques Delors, you know, president of the European Commission. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, I, I still remember that in um, uh, primary school, uh, you were in class, uh, last year primary school, uh, and the teacher asked, uh, what do you think your fellow student, kids, Uh, want to become. And uh, I still remember, almost still remember also who said it. Uh, they said, uh, Patrick will become um, a priest. I said, oh. Yeah. Uh, a policeman. And somebody said he'll become a teacher. And um, yeah, sometimes uh, I actually never think back, but uh, I think I've became all three of them in my work, in my family. Sometimes giving direction, sometimes letting it go, uh, be strong, be vulnerable. And also, um, I seem to be a good listener. Mm. And especially in this time and age, I think it's very important that uh, you listen to people. Yeah. And that means also asking good questions. Yeah. I was recently on a conference with futurists and... It made me laugh. It was perhaps a bit over the top, but they said that maybe in the future, the only two jobs that will still be done by humans are a priest and a psychologist. And I thought that's pretty much the same, right? Like it's it's the human empathic support. And for all the other things in companies, they said maybe robots, but these are the things that humans can do. So I think you picked right. You will not be made redundant. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's. I think it's the the volatile, um, the volatile people, humans that are able to step out of the box. That makes a difference, and they will not sit in a back office uh, from nine to five behind a computer. They'll be out there, but you know, um, there's many different people in the world. You have more people who are more introvert, more extroversion preferences. Yeah. Uh, but I still think both can do a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Hey, tell me a little bit more because you said I'm basically all three of them. Uh, yeah. But how does that work in your job for people? Because I just read your bio for people who have no idea how that works. Um, there's, there's, um, if a company wants a change in management, for example, they can try to get you. But h- how does that work on a daily basis? How does your work look like, your job? It's very various. Huh? Um, well, we need to change manager. Well, first of all, um, if you, well, the question, how the answer comes with the question, a change manager, um, what does that person has to reach? Or what yeah. is there for? Or is it temporary? Or And then I'm not even talking about what do you want to, what do you want to achieve? I'm just talking about a title. Mm-hmm. And that is title is, I'm not going to quote somebody who said it, but um, yeah, are you going for a job or a title or are you going for the value or the impact you have with that particular job or role? 
And um, so if I come back to the question, I think just go for it. But is, what does the job look like in a daily practice? I mean, if you go, so I hire you, I say I need a change manager, mm -hmm. then probably I have some sort of change in mind, right? Yeah, you have you have most of the time, and that's why we call the change manager. Um, sometimes people go, that is an IT-driven professional, mm -hmm. uh, because change is also in uh, uh, the translation of change can be can be referred to as IT changes, so mm -hmm. changes in programs. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, low code, etc., etc. But the change manager should then actually focus on the behavioral side of the change. Mm -hmm. So, what are we going to change? What is what are we implying with the change, and what is it going to do for those people who have to uh, implement the change? So, what was for you a fun memory of one of the projects you did? What was a fun request? Like, what was the change, and and what was one thing you did to resolve that? Yeah, I'm already, whilst you're asking the question, I'm already playing with the answers in my head. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm really a player. Um, uh, just as a quick reference, I still remember my, my, my wife made a, a picture of me when we arrived in the Netherlands. I had this T-shirt and it says, Rebel with a pause. Mm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a quite of a rebel. Um, and very professional, because if you had seen me working in, in, the, in the hotel business, uh, five-star worldwide, I was the man. Huh? Suit, tie, everything, uh, not wrinkled, shiny, everything. Um, but as a change manager, you can come in with your shiny, your shiny jacket and your shiny tie, but I think it is the connection you're daring to make. I had, I had a few days ago, I had a... We say it in Dutch, a kennismakingsgesprek. Yeah, like it's an a introduction, introduction yeah. talk. And uh, the person on the other side, you saw that it was a he, he completely opened up. So I said, why should I stay in the shiny eh, starch shirt yeah. tie version if I see a human person on the other side of the screen, because of screen yeah, yeah. who was open? Mm -hmm. So he showed me his house, he showed me where he lived, he told me about his, his, um, his, uh, his, his parents. And I just thought, yeah, this is a person I can relate to. Mm -hmm. So why, why tell the nice story? Why do the, sh the sunshine pumping? And I think in change management, it's more often about asking the notorious questions than asking the sunshine pumping questions. Mm -hmm. And for some and that's also uh, what a lot of consultants say, is uh, you deserve the client, uh, you get the client you deserve. Mm -hmm. And I think that most of the time, uh, for a couple, until a couple of years, I've done that. And for the last two, three years, I re really made a change to also start asking the questions nobody asks. Mm -hmm. What would be an example of a question nobody asks? The question would be, for example, if you're talking about future of people or talking about strategic personnel uh, planning or strategic workforce planning is, okay, so you take a lot of time and effort to focus on the onboarding process of young people. Mm -hmm. um, excuse me? Young people? You mean where are the 30, 40, 40, 50, 50, 60? When, did they, when do they get a new onboarding? Because they've been already here for 20 years. Mm, yeah, yeah? yeah. So how do you take care of, of all the let's say, the cycles or the life cycles yeah. is in. 
Yeah, it's more yeah. sustainable. More sustainable, more long-term. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So when I was just reading your bio, you come from a very dif differentiated background, right? You, you mm -hmm. tried out a couple of things. So what, what do you think you had to learn most in order to become that change manager that asks these questions? Wow. Yeah, my ideas went immediately back to the Maldives, Shanghai, but also to what you say, manufacturing, yeah? working alongside people, uh, for example, at a beautiful company in uh, Limburg, Leolux, uh, but also at, uh, at InBev, uh, brewing beer. Mm -hmm. I think I mostly learned from falling down. Mm. Yeah. Falling down, making mistakes, persevere, and every time finding uh, the courage to, to move on. Hmm. to reflect and also to find little yeah I would say it, little moments of truth when somebody comes up to you and said Patrick yeah this is a I keep it clean not so nice situation yeah um, and then shares with you a personal feedback mm -hmm. and um, yeah I liked it and that is for me those are the gems and the diamonds I go for. So that person will share personal feedback that is perhaps not so comfortable then, but yeah. still you like it, you think? Absolutely. I prefer, I prefer someone who then gives me a lot of push instead of, uh, again, does the sunshine pumping question. Mm. You also mentioned somewhere in the beginning of your um, answer, mm -hmm. You mentioned something about being strong and vulnerable at the same time as a leader. Why is that important? Because it reminds me of what you say now, that you have to be courageous, that sometimes you have to persevere, etc. Um, strong and vulnerable. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> When are you what? Well, I think I am vulnerable. Mm. And I'm strong when I'm being asked. I was sitting on the bus this morning and... Um, you brave heart. Yeah. Sick <laughs> on the bus all the way. With my nose and mouth. Covered, sure. yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I thought about um, Easter Sunday, somewhere in the 90s, in the Hilton, London Hilton on Park Lane. The hotel was full. Mm -hmm. The restaurant, uh, Windows of the World, was full. And the fire alarm goes off. Mm. And I'm on duty on the 24th floor. And the, I was the club room manager, mm -hmm. Hilton Club, club room manager. And we had to evacuate. So you first, you well, you you actually you don't check with yourself. Who am I? Where am I? Am I responsible? It's like you're being trained. Mm -hmm. Well, that, we, we'll come to that later. But uh, you're trained. So first thing is, clients okay, staff okay, close doors, go down, and then you're going down. London Hilton Park Lane is 26 floors. So you have to all walk them down. Mm. And then at a certain moment, there was a bit of a rustle and um, we thought what's happening because of course there were people coming also f above us, uh, a large crowd from the restaurant. And, once, uh, and, and then I saw there four guys were carrying a wheelchair with an elderly lady in it. And there were, yeah, there were four floors down and they were already tired. So I just said, do you need a hand? Do you need to change? Huh? Do, you, do we need someone else? And they said they're fine. 
They carried that lady 26 floors down. Mm. And that I find courage. So yeah. courage is also, and that goes together with my motto, my own motto is give direction, lead the way. Sometimes you have to say what you're going for. Yeah. Focus, go. That's the ultimate objective. And at the same time, let it also go. That means if you're very clear what you want, then let it go and see other people that can step forward or I want to give it a try. Mm -hmm. But don't structure, don't formulate, don't nail it to the bottom all fixed. You mean like almost micromanage? Micromanage, yeah. yeah. Let it go. And but then, then first you say that can happen if you have really sharp where you want to go, the change you want to make, right? And then you can let others step in. Yeah, and give direction for me and lead the way means also that if you don't know, why should you like, like compress, try to, 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 to push your will or your way forward? Just say, that's what I know. That's, I'm not sure, or that I know about. So where is this manager? I haven't seen any manager for the last 15 years who stood up on this chair and said, I am sorry. I made the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, and I didn't ask for help. Do you think that will become more appreciated in the next times? Because I do hear a lot of people talking about that sense of vulnerability where... They say, perhaps if your company is in trouble, why not open up to your staff and, and be honest? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And that's a, it reminds me immediately of a recent, uh, recent event. Um, I was helping a company um, describing their vision. And they were busy already for six months with it, just stapling, <laughs> not stapling, just uh, putting uh, post-its on the wall. This is it, this is it, more soft approach, hard approach, what is this? And then I said, how many more post-its do you need to come to a decision? And um, Some companies do love their post-its. Yes. Yeah. And I have to say, as a design thinker, because I've been design thinking also for quite a long time, I do appreciate fully the value of brainstorm letting it go, flow, upscaling down, uh, totally. But let's get back to the story. Nobody in the group had the guts to say, uh, can we maybe stop for a moment because how many posts are enough? Or can we already detect the three major themes that we have uh, just uh, put on the wall and just work from there? And um, at the same time, there's a lot of online meetings, you know. Uh, um, we also have here two laptops at the table. Absolutely. And um, it, 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 should, it, it should be normal. So why do I need to go in a separate chat group to discuss what's happening in the main chat group instead of formulating a good question and then just say, hey, this is what I saw, this is what I heard, or this is what it's doing to me. Can you please elaborate on this, or can you give a, there comes a concrete example of what you've already done. Mm -hmm. And that I'm missing. I'm missing people who invite others. I still remember being the front of house manager at the Montalembert in Paris. And um, my general manager asked, why did you select 
that guy and that lady to be your assistant? I said, because they got the, they got everything. They dare to be forceful. They dare, dare to be direct. They are empathic. They, they want to learn. They make time to learn. And they're honest and, and sharing trusts. But you're saying, because I think you say something important now that more and more people are working at home, and mm -hmm. I'm guessing that over the next years we'll still stick to that, at least for a bit. Um, you're saying that all those different Slack channels or chat rooms, they also have a disadvantage where, you know, people just continue to work along the pathways of those systems. And sometimes you say it makes more sense to say, hey, where are we, or... Do we think we're done here or et cetera? So find new ways to communicate more directly, maybe? Yeah, what your question actually uh, evokes is that you have the, let's say, the open channel. And then I reflected with the uh, what I was saying early in the talk, huh? the not wrinkled suit, the starch shirt, the tie, the shiny shoes, the way it should be. Mm -hmm. But we have also a large informal network where... Huh? culture each strategy for breakfast where the culture is made so actually it's fine for them to have a side discussion but what do we learn from that mm -hmm. are people who are voicing or another way huh, steaming their frustration how are we going to take care of that yeah. is that group that informal group apt to and knowledgeable of uh, taking care of this emotional process, and one of the one of the things I really really like is that um, I have a I work with a lot of young people, and uh, what I like with young people is that sometimes you have to give them a little nudge, and then they just open up. Mm -hmm. But they have to trust, and they have to like you. And I'm not going for trust, and I'm not going for like you. I'm just going for I am there. How can I help you? Mm -hmm. And when I see that someone's giving 100%, I'm willing to give 150%. And um, that's why I invite, uh, but also my senior colleagues or senior staff and also CEOs, and I recently coached two uh, commissioners. Um, I say, what is it doing with you? What is happening right now? What's holding you back? And what's going to push you forward? Mm -hmm. And I want to know what's holding you back because I want to see you falling down. I want to see what your largest fear is mm -hmm. and turn this fear into a strength. So, for example, one young guy, he said, yeah, I'm afraid of addressing this question. And I said, okay, so where, where does it come from? So I didn't ask why. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask, what are you going to do about it? I didn't know, what have you already tried? Nay, what, where is this coming from? And I am very, very, very interested if AI or technology or digital is going to be able to answer that question. Mm -hmm. In time, yes, but we have to program it. So until that moment, I think that you and I, we are all responsible in asking the right questions and giving space, mm -hmm. and at the same time, also be to the point. Mm -hmm. Be concrete. Yeah. What do you want? When? Yeah, yeah, very interesting. And I yeah. think um, if we look into the future a bit more, one of my near final questions is oh, well, always, uh, and we've touched on that already, but mm -hmm. perhaps you want to mention one thing more or there's another 
example that comes to mind, what are the future capabilities you believe in? So you've already mentioned like there's there's this, right? Being direct or uh, perhaps especially if you're working hybrid, seeing how the culture or sensing how the culture is doing. Um, perhaps there are people gossiping in a different, you know, releasing steam, as you called it. So you have to be really sensitive then as a leader. Um, yes, you. I think you have to um, exercise your sensitive modus. Mm. I didn't. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't see sensitive modus here. But you have to. You you have to. You have to challenge the sensitive modus. And there's two things that come to mind. One, I saw a very interesting um, interview with the CEO of Picnic, uh, which is a large, let's say, uh, delivery groceries yeah. at home. And what I didn't know is they work with AIs with deep learning, um, uh, because all these uh, these. Uh, gentlemen and women who are on these different uh, electrical carts, they drive around delivering, not knowing that every move is tracked. But why is it tracked? And how is it being used? Mm -hmm. Because tracking is huh, nice for the dashboard, huh? KPI is all in green. No. I learned, and I found it fascinating, that Picnic actually has this logistics, huh, the planning, and it says, you have to drive here 100 meters straight then turn right, and yep. then turn left again. And the cart is actually measuring how careful you're approaching a dangerous crossing. Mm -hmm. So if you just bump in, the system will note that. Mm -hmm. And then it, they will not play back to you and saying, uh, you did it wrong, you didn't perform right. Okay, clients were happy, but the cart is not so happy. No, they share this information with a group of people and the group is responsible for each individual member. I find it fascinating. Mm. And so they will have to confront their peers or say, hey, guys, let's be more careful. Or yeah, let's talk to each other. What's happening here? Why come? And, and yeah. let, let's move. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So, that, so that's the one part. So data will help us. Mm -hmm. And then to come back to your earlier question, yeah, I think that leaders of the future, and that actually also I found out when I did my thesis, change management at the Free University of Amsterdam, is that are people able to do three things? Are they able to, to think in scenarios? Mm -hmm. So is this only my way or the highway? Or do I have also a fallback um, uh, mm -hmm. scenario? And um, uh, think so, be able to think in multiple scenarios. Now, the second thing we already talked about, are you able to... Are you aware of the emotional process within people, why they do things, yes or no, or mm -hmm. completely freeze? Mm -hmm. Or I heard there's another phase, completely phase out, they don't mm -hmm. care anymore. Mm -hmm. So how many people you have that don't care anymore, they just do what you asked me to do? So, and the third one is, you have to be able to tell the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, leaders have to tell the story. And... Um, that means putting a dot on the horizon and then bringing it down on the people and they can feel it, they can hear it, they can smell it and they can, yeah, they can touch it and they want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to become good at that. You have to become, you have to train your sensitivity, right? Especially yes. now that we're working hybrid. Um, you have to be able to, to foresee multiple scenarios. 
allow other people in, perhaps also. To slide in, step yeah. out where you can. And recognize emotional processes rather yes. than, oh, he's being annoying, seeing where that, might that come from. Exactly. Okay, so there's two more things, and we're running out of time, but there's two more mm-hmm. things. One is, I have to ask you about your article, about why do we need to be slow? Why do we need to be slow? Because do we want to go, go, go? Um, and when when does go says, uh, 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 go? So what do we want? Do we want to push, push, push? Do we want to go to the best, the best, the best? There's three guys who are playing in the sky uh, uh, around the summer, getting their rockets in the air. And what is it doing for me? So go, go, go. You need to have goals, and it's fine. You need to have big, hairy goals. Somebody told me once, because then you can huggle them, hug them. At the same time, who can work 100%, 100% of the time? But also, if you're constantly at your pace, and your pace is 100 miles per hour, how are you ever going to expect from people who are just starting, or people who are in another life cycle, where they have more time for their family, friends, or they have their elderly parents at home, or sick people at home, to be able to have the same impact So we need to be able to see further than the next year, but we need to need to we need to see further than 10, 12 years, because breakfast is very short, and the whole and it should feed us until lunch. Yeah? So culture eats fetish for breakfast, but the culture needs the longest time to settle in, to become a part of. So you need to have time to learn, and to fall down, and to learn from that. And then not find only empathic people say, oh, uh, uh, did it hurt? No. They said, man, that hurt, didn't it? Now, sit down, come back to you in five minutes. Very clear objection. Five minutes. I'm there for you. And then wait if the other person comes back to you to ask, okay, what would you do next time? Mm -hmm. And then have a real conversation about it. That's the way you learn. You don't learn because your PowerPoint presentation is top of the flops every time. And you go as a you go every time a level higher. No, you need to fall down. Human humiliation, human. Wonderful. Yeah. One last question. Do you have a tip for a podcast or an article or a book that you found really inspiring that our listeners might like? Yeah, I just want to want to share one experience. Um, uh, I got for my birthday a really nice present for my wife, and um, I've been uh, reading a couple of books about so-called forest bathing for a long time, Shinrin Yoku. And um, I, uh, I normally I went always uh, once once a week. I went to the fitness uh, uh, because I had a lot of back problems because I traveled a lot. I flew a lot, etc., and it helped me a lot. And then when Corona, COVID started, I said, I quit my fitness and I'm going to the woods. So I walk every week, once or twice in the woods, do exercise in the woods, and it really calms me down. So I, that is my part of Shinrin Yoko. Focus on the details in the woods in between exercises, really come down, slow down. I even touch leaves. You know, I sometimes I caress a tree because it gives me, yeah, it gives me an emotional hold on. So I would recommend everybody, if you have a possibility, go and do a 
professional forest bathing exercise. I did one uh, two, three weeks ago in uh, close to Harlem. Fascinating. And there's nothing weird about it. It's nothing informal. It's nothing informal. It's just you and nature and a lot of other people who also are frightened if somebody's looking at them or somebody making pictures. No, you're just there and you let go. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you all for listening to the episode of the Unmachine Yourself podcast. If you found Patrick's story inspiring, then do please share it with your own network and get the ripple effect going because we need more future-proof leaders and organizations. And I think we can use a little bit of that slowdown movement in our own work lives. You'd also make us really happy with a good review in iTunes because that makes this podcast easier to find. If you want to share a tip for a guest or if you have a question to me and you want me to reflect on that, then find us on Instagram at joinhatch and we look forward to your messages. Until next time.